And now for something completely different. Welcome back to another episode of Everybody Loves Angar, the Angar the Screamer <laughs> fan podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano, and joining me today is Murray Fox. Hello. Hello. Murray. You all remember Murray? He was here when we talked about Angar's appearances in Daredevil. Totally. Yes. I remember. Remember it well. His little hippie outfit and his. Yeah. The fringe. The fridge. <laughs> Because, yes, Angar is technically part of the Thanos story. Who'd have thunk yes. it? Yes, who'd have thunk it? That tiny little bit, but he gets his... He gets in there. And so this time, we are covering the uh, story of Angar from Iron Fist 5 through 7, which is the story of Iron Fist trying to rescue Colleen Wing from Master Khan and Angar. <laughs> Mostly Angar, well. Mostly Angar. <laughs> yeah, Master Khan really doesn't do much. He just kind of hangs around. That's right. He's just floating around <laughs> in the background, sort of. <laughs> I don't like ground. I just float around. No, I'll just float. Whoosh. Totally. Very cool. I had not read any Iron Fist before this, I don't think. Oh, wow. No, this was like, this was brand new. It'll get me ready for the uh, the Netflix series. Yep, which would have just come out and was <laughs> awesome. Horrible, boring. It was yeah, it ever. was something. It was a thing. <laughs> it was one know. of those. <laughs> yes, we did not jump to the Iron Fist issues to jump on a bandwagon of something popular coming out. Nope. No, no. way. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> we would never do that here. We have too much integrity to do any kind of stunt. Right on. Right on. Right on. <laughs> However, we're cool. Yes. It was a good read. I had forgotten that uh, like these three were Claremont and Byrne issues, which are always a good read. I don't think it was just those three. Skimming through? No, yeah, you're right. It was the whole... I mean, I don't know if it was the Marvel premiere issues, too, but I think it was pretty much the whole run of Iron Fist was Claremont and Byrne. Cool. It's... it's Well, the three that, we, that I read were... They were good. Yeah. Well, Good little... Good let's little put, stories. Let's put the <laughs> in here for everybody else to know what happened in this story, or stories. Absolutely. And we can talk about them. Iron Fist 5 through 7. Issue 5, When Slays the Scimitar. Issue 6, Deathmatch. And Issue 7, Iron Fist Must Die. All written by Chris Claremont, penciled by John Byrne, and inked by Frank Ciaramonte. Issues 5 and 6 were colored by Phil Richelson and Bonnie Wilford for issue 7. Issues 5 and 7 were lettered by Joe Rosen, with Karen Mantlow doing issue 6. Issues 5 and 6 were edited by Marv Wolfman and Archie Goodwin with issue 7. And the covers. Issue 5 by Gil Kane and Joe Sinnott. Issue 6, Frank Giacoya and Gil Kane. And issue 7, Dan Crespi, Al Milgram, and Ron Wilson. They are cover dated all 1976. Issue 5 for June, 6 in August, and 7 with September. And the original sale dates were Issue 5, March 2nd of 1976, Issue 6, May 4th of 1976, and Issue 7, June 1st, 1976. The original cover price for 5 and 6 was 25 cents, and Issue 7 was 30 cents. Iron Fist is in London, on the trail of the kidnapped Colleen Wing. While there, he comes across Alan Cavanaugh getting attacked by a group of men and helps him out as Danny, not as Iron Fist. Alan tells him he used to be part of the IRA, but got sick of the killing and innocence being caught in the crossfire and left. Those men were trying to force him back. And um, I'm assuming this plot goes somewhere later on, but it doesn't go anywhere else in these, two, these three issues. Alan accompanies Danny to his destination, 
but it turns out to be a trap. In the confusion, Danny slips away to change to Iron Fist, and faces off against Scimitar, who appears to just be a man wielding a scimitar, which is basically a big sword. He has been sent to kill Iron Fist. They fight, and Scimitar almost kills Alan, but Iron Fist takes him out and brings his new friend to the hospital. In the epilogue of this first issue, we see that Colleen is the captive of a mysterious leader, and Angar the Screamer. Yay! Angar has been using his mind scream on her, and when confronted with a dummy dressed like Iron Fist, she kicks his head off. Issue 6 starts a few weeks later. Danny has a new lead on Colleen and says goodbye to Alan at the airport. He boards a private plane, but is surprised to see Misty Knight on board, and with two arms. She does not want to elaborate about how she got her arm back, and Danny sees another new face, Jaron Hogarth. Jaron was that Rand family lawyer and has been investigating to see if Danny is whom he says he is. He now believes that Danny is Danny Rand, and that Danny is worth billions. The plane heads to the location of Danny's lead, a fortress in a country called Helwan, and he hang glides in. He takes out some of the guards, but when he finds Colleen, he's under double attack from both her and Angar, the screamer. Yay! Colleen pretty much kicks his ass until Danny uses the power of the Iron Fist in a new way, merging their chi so that they mind meld, hoping he'll kick her mind back to normal. The meld over, Colleen is out, and Danny is weakened as he comes face to face with Angar the Screamer, yay, and the mastermind of all this, Master Khan. Issue 7 starts with Iron Fist attempting to fight back against Master Khan's men, but he is still too weak from the mind meld. They are about to behead him when Colleen Wing attacks and saves him. Khan leaves, and Colleen tells Iron Fist to take care of him while she deals with his men and Angar, the Screamer. Yay! She takes out all seven men between herself and Angar, yay, and confronts him. He is about to destroy her mind like he did to her father, but the samurai warrior that is Colleen Wing strikes first, and Angar crumples to the ground, apparently dead. Moment of silence. Meanwhile, Iron Fist faces off with Master Khan. Khan uses sorcery to bind Iron Fist. Khan monologues that he used to be a simple scholar whose wife and child were killed because he would not teach the mystic arts to an evil and vengeful king. He proposes a deal with Iron Fist, as all he wants is a vengeance against the king of Holloway, which is why he's taking over the country. To make up for all he has done to Iron Fist, to do this, he offers Danny a way back to his home of Kunlun, and the truth that Yu Ti, the leader of Kunlun and Danny's uncle, was responsible for the murder of Danny's parents. While tempted, Danny knows better than to make a deal with Khan, and trashes the machine that would teleport him home. Teleport him home. This causes it to create a portal that goes wild, sucking in everything around it. Danny manages to grab hold of a pillar and tries to even save Master Khan, but is unable to reach him, and Master Khan is sucked away to an unknown fate. Afterwards, Colleen and Danny talk. She is not happy about the mind meld but understands that it was his only choice besides killing her, or being killed himself. And as angry as she is at him, she knows him so well because of the meld that killing him would be like a killing a piece of herself. They head back to his plane, friends once again. And we're back! Alrighty. So, excellent. Like I said, we are doing excellent, excellent. three issues of Iron Fist. Number five, six, and seven from 1976. Woo! Back in the day. Exactly. I believe that's what yes. they were. Yes, they were yep. from cover dates June, August, and September. Oh, so I guess that's when Iron Fist went monthly. June, August. Yeah, 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 sounds like. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now, because the issue four was April of 76. Right. So right, we have right, right. issue five when slays the scimitar, issue six death match, and issue seven Iron Fist must die. <laughs> yes. And speaking of the date, did you notice that they actually are using almost real dates in here? I did notice that. Yeah, I was I was reading through and it uh, the fact that it was like March popped up in the issue five March. 30-something, March 20... I don't know, yeah, but it, it was definitely like, oh, that's kind of cool, I'm reading it in March, it's taking place in March, and then the next issue was 
two uh, months. April or May. End of April or beginning of May, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they actually, I wonder, like, were they, I don't know if they were trying to keep it sort of time-wise, contemporary or whatever, or whether it was just the way the story kind of worked. Uh, from reading a lot of the Bronze Age Marvel a lot, I mean, there was no hard and fast rule, <laughs> but it seemed like, you know, if a three-part story took place over one night, let's say, then yeah, it yeah, took yeah. place over one night. But a year later, you know, issues that, t- issues that came out a year later would talk about that generally as if it took a pace, place a year ago. Which is kind of fun. Like, I like... I like seeing that in comics. It it plays havoc with continuity eventually, but but I kind of like seeing them grow and stuff as they well, yeah, that's as the, the stories go on. Well, yeah, the problem with continuity is when they keep it just staying the same. You know, when they don't let anything change, when they go, get to the point where they go, okay, let's stop this. Right, 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 right. I mean, the problem with Spider Man was not that he got married or got older; was that they stopped that. Like, yeah, they stopped the aging or everything. So, like when Stanley and Dicko had him graduate high school after a while. If he went to college and graduated college somewhere in the 70s, but once at that point they realized, oh, this is making way too much money, we got to stop this forever now, <laughs> then it becomes an yeah. issue. Yeah, totally. At some point, you got to, I mean, you totally get why they want to, like, slow the aging process down so these characters can live on, like, indefinitely, but I kind of like the idea. I mean, Captain Adam did it for a while, I think, in the in his series, and... I don't know. There have been other series that kind of have moved along in real time, and it's kind of it's kind of cool when you can see that happen. But again, it kind of has an end date built into it, right? Like you kind of have to have a yeah. either it's, it's either it's a finite series that has a definite ending, in which case it can move along with time, or or they just have to stop it because they want it to go on forever. Yeah, I know um, two th- seri- well, two companies. I, sh- I guess I should say that I know definitely used to do this was uh, Marvel's New Universe. And, oh, uh, right, right, right. Because every issue, every month was a month. Right. So, like in five, the plan was supposed to be in ten years, all the characters would have been ten years older. Right. And also Valiant, at least the early, the original Valiant. Oh, I don't think I've read any of those. The ones that Shooter did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they all had, they weren't exactly like New Universe where it was the same month it happened, but they all had an actual date. Right, like, right. This is August fifth, nineteen ninety-two, and then so I believe like the stories would take place however long they needed to, whether it was like three issues would be in a week or whatever. But right, right, right. They did have a specific time frame they were going towards. Cool. Like, Coolio. In this issue, even like issue five in the beginning says there was an attack. And this also goes with continuity, too. Um, this section of London was popular, uh, was famous because of a ta- vampire attack barely two yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. And yeah, giant, <laughs> it says Giant Size Dracula number three, and I looked that up. That's December 74 cover date, so yeah, that's like a year and a half earlier. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I remember reading that, a string of unsolved vampire murders, and I thought, oh, poor vampires are being murdered. Oh, <laughs> nobody's solving the crimes. The vampire community, vampire. you know, it's that buy things <laughs> vampires. Totally, totally. The Marvel Universe has this huge bias against the vampire population. Or, you know, vampires are just murdering people, but <laughs> I like to think of it as the That's poor vampires. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes. But, but one thing I have to say, I, I keep reading these now, maybe it's just because I didn't live in that era. I mean, I, I was alive. When this, these issues came out. But I was definitely probably maybe walking. Probably not at this point. <laughs> I was not even a year old. Yeah. So I was definitely alive and walking and kicking. <laughs> but, I mean, I still, you know, I don't even know if you had, like, too much awareness of how the world was out there. But when I read these Bronze Age books, like in Marvel, it feels like... They were put, they were trying they were putting their characters into a version of the real world, as opposed to now when I read the new books or even like books in like the nineties and stuff where it's like yeah this is not this is the Marvel universe it's not the real world. This kind of felt yeah. like more real or is that I just wonder was that because they were doing that better then or because since I wasn't there I can't compare it to what it actually was. Right 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 I I think I don't know. 
I think there was probably, at least at Marvel for sure, an attempt to kind of make it seem like it was the real, the real world. Like I know in the sixties they made it, they made it seem like ooh we're the, we're doing you know we're really reflecting the real world. Whether they were or weren't, I can't say because. I wasn't around in the 60s, but, <laughs> but I think they were definitely trying to do it in the 70s. Like it, I don't know, it, it's got that feel to it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know whether in the 60s the high school students really wear suit and ties. <laughs> Maybe Like not. all the Spider-Man right. issues? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Can... Peter is a, yeah. He's a very well-dressed student. Most of them were. Even Flash Thompson dressed better than most people I knew at high school. I know. <laughs> totally. Totally. And Flash Thompson should have been dressing like um, Judd Nelson from uh, Breakfast Club. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, he was Bender. Just actually played totally. football. Totally. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. But yeah, maybe it was that. Just because, I mean... I do know that, like most by the seventies, these were all younger, you know, guys in their twenties who were living in these areas. Oh, for sure, yeah. The uh, creators were all young, and they were all, yeah. Most of them, I think, were based in New York and or you know Ireland or wherever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think they were in New York, but you know, traveling the world and stuff—that's all. That's all very cool. Okay, so this is your first reading of Iron Fist, so let's go just in general. What do you think about this Iron Fist itself? I I like the stories. Iron Fist himself it was he's fine. Like he doesn't he doesn't read to me as like a nineteen year old or a twenty year old or however Well, yeah, they generally if, don't. Nor does he look like he's nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> no, he definitely looks like to me he doesn't look or read like a young character and i think it i think we're supposed to feel like he's a fish out of water like he doesn't quite belong in new york but i don't know i get the sense he's doing okay like he's seen but i haven't read the earlier issues right and in these these three issues he's not really in his home like there's no place for him to feel like a fish out of water because it's ireland and it's you know mystical googly goo land and stuff so it's 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 not like he's in the real world anyway, so there's no there's no reason for him to feel like he's out of context or whatever, but... Because uh, he'd be out of context anyway. Even yeah, yeah, Spider- totally. Even this was Spider-Man, he was not in New York, so he's out of his context. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But uh, they were a good read. Like, this is John Byrne. This is good John... I mean, I like, I like all John Byrne, but this is, like, really good stuff. Art is wonderful, and Claremont stuff is... You know, it's it's it is what it is. It's fun little. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun little read. I did find it kind of funny that they would, like Danny would, narrate every single move in his fight. Like he <laughs> he'd name every move or every block or every whatever it was. Um, I'm trying to find an exit. Like he he just. I'm using the whatever of whatever, and I'm going to do a judo kick and a flip of the whatever. And <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember, like, a, a bear claw thing once. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, okay, Claremont, we get it. You took a judo class, or you've, <laughs> you've boned up on your ninja stuff. or, or <laughs> You found a book in the library, you know, judo exactly. for dummies. Exactly. these are words I use. That's right, and they are used like crazy, Although which I, I thought did. was kind of funny. Yeah, although I did read uh, the Immortal Iron Fist series, the one that uh, Matt Fraction did like right. 10 years ago, and he did that a lot too. I mean, although I don't think it was Danny saying it, he just like kind of put them in the back, in like the captions. Oh, cool. Well, he would definitely, you know, say like, this is what this move was called, and that's what this move was he's doing. Right, right, right. Well, and I mean, that's cool then. That's kind of like part of the character. And... Yeah. But I do also like, and this was definitely a thing, especially for Iron Fist, the, um, I'm not sure what term it is. Whether it's, I know it's not first person, it's second person, or where it's always the, you know, like this one part in issue five where he's finding that scimitar, the flip is impossible, but you do it anyway. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of you here, like some, like, the, yeah. it's like a, um, it's like a narrator talking to Danny. Right, 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 right. Right, and if I were a good English teacher, I would know exactly what that is, but, but I don't. 
<laughs> it's some sort of yeah something second person omniscient or something i don't know totally i do not remember my high school stuff <laughs> it's something but I figured I'd pick that because besides Claremont and Byrne, it was actually was more or less a contained story. And actually, because everything else with Vanguard, you know, the other issues, yeah, the other issues of Vanguard just kind of have them in like, you know, five pages. Yeah. At least yeah, yeah, here, yeah. It's, you know, there's actually almost a whole issue of him if you merge it all together. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> totally, totally. He shows up and... and uh, he shows up at the end of this one. He's uh, mentally he's... torturing Colleen. Yes. Yeah, he's kind of in the background for a couple of the issues, but he's certainly driving the story. Yes, he's using his uh, mind scream to basically make her want to kill Iron Fist. I know. It's and I mean, there he is. He's got the vest. He's got the medallions. He's got the big wonky mustache and the and the hair. He's everything you want. And the bracelets. And the bracelets. That's right. He is totally. Of his time. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I, I think at this point, he might even be a little bit past his time. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, I guess. I guess it depends where. Maybe, like, hippie New York. Maybe they still wore vests without shirts. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm maybe. not sure. <laughs> I mean, like I said, this is now getting to the late 70s. Yeah, I know... I was probably wearing like my velour sweaters and my corduroy pants. I, I had moved on from my <laughs> wearing my vest with nothing else. Oh, look, okay. But uh, <laughs> corduroy and velour was where it was at. Ugh. Hippie Murray gave way to Disco Murray. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. But, yeah. There he is. And so, I mean, this is also the cooler look at Angar's powers, actually, here, because instead of just being kind of like a freaky version of Princess Projecta, they're right, right, using right. him to do something specific. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. Like, he's he's using the powers to manipulate Colleen to break her down and brainwash her. That's kind of cool. Like, rather than just projecting images that scare people or freak them out or whatever he's he's using them for a purpose yeah it kind of reminds me of actually uh using the same character uh prince projector versus sensor girl yeah yeah totally when she's fighting persuader in the uh, who is sensor girl story and she's like blinding him yes yeah she's really going on the offensive and that's what angar is doing here too he's yeah he is illusions but specific purposeful ones yeah absolutely um, oh, that just, that, not project related at all. I'm just looking at the cover to six where Colleen is duking it out with Iron Fist and she's got this big, long, stabby thing in her arms, some staff of some kind or sword or whatever. Oh, is yeah. that, I'm trying to, like, um, what's her name? Misty Knight, just before um, Danny, like, paraglide into the, Layer of what's his name, Master Khan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She gives him something that he's supposed to give to Colleen. I don't think we ever. Does he uh, ever I, give it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's her sword. Okay, I either don't remember him giving it to her, or it just happened on panel, uh, or <laughs> you know, I don't remember him giving it to her, but I remember her having it. So hold on, I'm skimming through. Here's the part where they mind meld. Ooh, yes. Oh, you know what? If you go to the last page of issue six, yeah, look at Colleen on the lane. Iron Fist is being held by the goons, about to be beheaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angar and Counter watching. Colleen's on the floor, and what's next to her? Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the so I, the thing. There it is. So he doesn't actually give it to her. He just kind of drops it, or she gets it, and, and she gets it eventually. It's the Chekhov sword. That's right. Yes. And I know nothing about Colleen Wing, but is it sort of like a, like later on when she uh, dispatches poor Angar there, <laughs> when she chops him up? Yeah. Is it is it like a, like Katana's sword? Like is there some sort of mystical stuff attached to it, or 
I don't um, know. I know more about Misty Knight than I know about Colleen Wing. Um, okay. I think it was supposed to be just the kind of... Because remember, this is the Kung Fu craze era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it was just kind of supposed to be the bond between the samurai and their weapon. Gotcha. Gotcha. She, I don't think she has anything beyond being a really good martial art. I mean, obviously a really good. And this yeah, is, again, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is something that Claremont would do in the 70s and not many of the people. She was not kidnapped and he had to rescue Yes, She was kidnapped and had to rescue her. But she wasn't to be rescued because she was, oh, I'm trapped in this dungeon. Or, <laughs> oh, I'm too scared to move. It's, we're going to make you kill him. So obviously they think she's good enough that you know, he's not just going to... I mean, yeah, someone could kidnap, you know, Liz Allen and make her try and kill Spider-Man, but really, he's just going to push her down and go, okay, Liz, Webb, stay there. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, she's yeah, not no, a she's... threat. Colleen's a threat. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she's bait, but then she's also the, the trap itself. She's both. You know, I mean... Both so, bait and trap. That's something Claremont, obviously, was bait, you know, did. I mean, look at Storm. I mean... Oh, totally. No one else would have in 1982. 81 made uh, let's make the black lady the one in charge yeah 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 let's make her the boss of all these guys <laughs> okay <laughs> that's right and everyone just ran with it which was good it was yeah. cool i mean for all of his other thoughts of writing i gotta give him credit for that for like that. sure but yeah that's why i realized i'm like yeah this is definitely claremont she's the threat she's gonna kill him yeah yeah and she's she's certainly wrong in the issue like she's yeah she's brainwashed for a little bit but but uh but she, she holds her own. She kicks ass. And I'm hoping in the TV show she kicks ass like this, too. I'm hoping she's, you know, basically he's equal or just about, if, except for the whole, you know, magical part. Right, right, right. Right. We will see. We will see. Because that would be kind of cool, actually, to get a, um, a spinoff of her, Misty. Doing oh, their... Totally. Although they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they would have to probably go with the Daughters of the Dragon title, because I don't think they can call them uh, <laughs> Nightwing Restoration... Nightwing. <laughs> I know, I read that, and I thought, ooh, this is way before Dick got the title. <laughs> oh, he was still wearing the short pants here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This is, this is before Cyborg even existed, or Starfire. Totally, this is... 76. Yeah. I think it might be it might be in that limbo time before just before they were re when did they get re Oh the se- yeah when that second There's like a short little series yeah second series in between like the original and then the new Teen Titans they had like a run for maybe 2 years um but I think it was maybe a little later like maybe 77 78 or maybe that's when it ended. I don't know. I can't remember how much time there was between when that series ended and when New Teen Titans picked up. But well, I guess I we're know. close enough. I know Teen. T- I know New Teen Titans started around uh, eighty. I believe it was. Yeah, it was eighty, and I think. Okay, wait. I'm looking it up right now. Um, Teen Titans number forty-three was January, February, you know, January, February, nineteen seventy-three, and then forty-four yeah. was November seventy-six. Okay. So actually, you're right. This is right between the two because yeah, yeah, yeah. This would have came out, I think, like the same time as a uh, six or seven. Uh, actually, right, right after seven, they would have come. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. There you go. So they're just making their comeback already. Their failed comeback. <laughs> Failure's a strong word. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, it, I guess I, I was going to say it didn't even. Is that all? Yeah, it's really? forty-four to fifty-three that lasted. Yeah, and this I is when they have, we have Titans. This is the one that has Titans West. Yes, so yeah, and that's and like Dove. three issues right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess there wasn't much to it. Three issues of Titans West. An origin issue, that's four issues. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. All right, all right, still. Yeah. Anyway. I liked it. <laughs> what would have made those issues sell was more Angar. <laughs> I think so. definitely. You see that guy with no with no shirt on, that big stash... He totally would have fit in. The Titans were hanging out in a discotheque. They were... He would have been... Oh, it would have fit perfectly. He could have been like the bouncer or the main attraction. <laughs> yep. <laughs> totally would have worked. That would be perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. I think they had a band. I think... 
Oh, oh, I actually know Harper, this. Roy Harper had a band. The Great Frog. Frog, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. There you go. He would have fit right in. He could have been the lead singer. Totally. <laughs> totally. I could see Roy being totally. the drummer. Yeah, I think he was definitely, yeah, he wasn't the, I don't think he was the main attraction. But I can see Angar being the, the singer, obviously. Absolutely. Put a microphone in his hand and he would rock. Yeah. Anyway, back to the, back to the Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess this is where we first learn. I mean, I haven't read the other issues either yet. I got to read them. But they talk about Misty losing her arm, and then they he asks he says like I didn't know like your arm is this? I guess this is when the Misty first gets that uh, robot arm. I guess so, because when we see her, she certainly looks like she's got both of her arms. Like, she doesn't look like she's lost an arm. Not yeah, that but, we see a lot but, of her. But they talk about the fact that she lost her arm. Absolutely, they do. They have that in the... She well, has the a plane. flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a big flashback, and we see how she lost it. And obviously, in the issues before this, she didn't have an arm, or she had... I'm assuming. ...something, right? Because... Iron Fist mentions it. He he talks about the fact that something's weird about your arm, right? So yeah, like it's there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you grew an arm. What's going on here? And she doesn't want to talk about it. So clearly, that's story coming down the pike. But now, have you seen? I forget. Have you seen um, Luke Cage? The TV series? Yeah, I have not. Okay, never mind. <laughs> well, I, just, I don't want to talk about her arm thing in there, so. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Alrighty. I liked it. But so this is where Danny finds out Iron Fist finds out he's rich. I know, billionaire, like billionaire. That's amazing. Although he's already acting like one. I mean he just sits down and the girl starts starts cutting his hair and he's not even paying attention to that. I know. <laughs> you need a trim there, kiddo. You've been gone for two months and let me just sip it up. You have that, that Irish hippie with his big Irish fro. we got to trim you down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely got to make an appearance again at some point, I'm sure. Oh, so am I. Like, there's a lot of... Uh, Claremont puts a lot of effort into creating this character, so I'm su- assuming he's got to yeah. show up at some point. Oh, speaking of Claremont, I'm not sure if this is Claremont or Burn, but if you notice, the pilot and co-pilot... I don't know whether it's Claremont being progressive or again, or trying to show that Jaron Hogarth is lives his life like a Bond villain. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the pilot, co-pilot are women, and because uh, at first, yeah. like, you know, the steward, you know, the, the stewardess. Right, at this point, it was, you know, they were just stewardesses, basically. Right, right. You know, that's what she was. She says, you know, she'll take care of, let her take care of your needs, and I was like, oh boy. But then it's the <laughs> pilot, a co-pilot too. I'm like. Either this, you know, they're being really progressive and showing this guy is, or, you know, they're setting him up to be like the super Bond villain where, you know, he has his army of only women or something. Totally. It's like a Charlie's Angels vibe or something going oh, on there. Oh, yeah, or he's Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> he's Charlie. Oh, totally. Well, who did the voice of Charlie? Was that like Tom Bosley or something? No. Uh, no, it was, um, uh, the guy from Dynasty. Um, uh. Shoot, what was his name? John Forsyth? Because hmm. I don't remember. I think it was John Forsyth. Because I'm not sure what he looks like, but I, I can say, I could say, I mean, he would look exactly right, but I could see Tom Bosley paying this guy. Yeah, absolutely, you could. For sure. Fonzie, I mean, Danny. <laughs> this is stories even before Iron Fist and Misty Knight get involved. Yeah. I realize yeah, yeah, reading yeah. this because it, it's like they're just starting to be attracted to, like, into each other. Yeah, you kind of get hints that maybe something's going to happen, but uh, yeah, they're definitely not. They're not a couple. And and was he was he a thing with Colleen, or is that because again, you can't? He, I don't get a sense. Like he's trying to save her, yes. And then issue seven, they kind of end things on a like they're friendly, but they're kind of. Yeah, I mean, I would assume they were just friends, except for at one point in issue five, they call her the woman he loves. He said, oh, you have to rescue the woman you love. But that was it, and it was even, that was in a narration box. It wasn't even him thinking it. Yeah, you're right. And it's not like they, they certainly don't act like they're in love, like they're, they're sort of a, 
conflict between like there's a a push pull between them. There's this conflict between them, but yeah, well, there's also that whole um, when he does a mind meld with her. Yes, which she's not very happy about, which I can understand. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it saved her life, so come on. Yeah, I mean, it is a, it is an intru- I mean, it is an intrusion, and uh, I don't know if I would still go so far as to use the word mind rape. But yeah, I don't think so. But but although it was, they it's invasive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do kind of skirt the issue. Like she says, what's she saying? Uh, because of that mind meld, and then she uses meld in quotation marks as if. As if, you know, the comic code wasn't around, I'd be using another word there, kiddo. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think the, re- I mean, I think the main difference is he was not trying to exert any power over her or anything. He was just trying to either have to stop, well, basically he was either trying to stop having to kill her or having her kill him. Exactly. So. Exactly. Whether, you know, whether she would have preferred dying or this, I don't know. Yeah, well. <laughs> but to be fair to him, he didn't really. She wasn't in the opt- right mind for him to ask. That's right. There was no. Yeah, there was no way he could ask permission. She would have just stabbed him or ripped his head off or. Yeah. Or whatever. But speaking of the mind meld and that one big page thing, is Misty Knight wearing a. Looks like an X Men costume with her initials on the belt? It really does look like that, doesn't it? It's certainly not what you would expect a plainclothes detective to be wearing. <laughs> I'm going to wear this uniform I borrowed from the X-Men, but with an MK belt. That's right, totally. I'll, I'll dress it up with my own little belt. And a, and a jacket. And a jacket, because she's bad. <laughs> I need to read... I am definitely going to have to go... I'm going to be reading more of this series, just so I can... I just want to know whether that shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, the outfit she's wearing in the issue, before, early in the issue, with just the whole kind of black, that makes sense. That works. Absolutely. With, like, the uh, the gun holster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's a perfect outfit for her. She doesn't need more than that. But unless she's going to wear that, that X-Men Misty Knight uniform, then I want to see that around. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to know the story behind that. Definitely. <laughs> That's another. That would be another awesome cosplay. Oh, for sure. For sure. I so want to see that. That deals with her. He deals with her. The mind thing, and then yep, Angar's back here with the boss, Master Khan. Master Khan, getting ready to. Chop off. Oh no, that's somebody else. Master Khan's hanging out in the background there. Master Khan just tells people to do this. Yes. There's lots of infidels and stuff thrown around here. Like it's, it's. Uh... Yeah, I, I'm assuming this is a the made up country they're in. It's a made up, well, Middle Eastern country, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And whichever one has a, has the most mountains and mountains that are yeah. high enough to have <laughs> snow. Yeah, totally. Totally. Which, I am not up completely on my geography of that area, so I can't say that doesn't exist. Yeah, it would be, well, I'm sure it's some Marvel country. Well, I keep seeing, they call it like Hawaii or Hawaii or almost yeah, yeah, yeah. like Hawaii, but not quite. I know, at one point I was reading it, and yeah, to me I read it as Hawaii, and then I realized, no, no, they're not going to Hawaii. But it's it's a weird like it's mix of like it sounds Middle Eastern, but then you got the mountains and the and the snow and that doesn't that doesn't strike me as very Middle Eastern. That strikes me as more like Asia. But I guess Asia makes sense, right? With these with Iron Fist and and the whole yeah Kung Fu craze. At Master Khan. Yes. I mean, he looks like he does like look like a just slightly less racist version of the Yellow Claw. <laughs> slightly. That's why I said slightly. Not yeah, slightly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my. Do we ever? I guess what? we don't see much of him. Like he's 
I guess we see a little bit. He just kind of hangs out in the background and in shadows. Oh, Khan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most of, his most big thing is the end when he's just talking to Iron Fist. He really doesn't do much. No, yeah, he just... He's he kind of just the, ties uh, him up, and that's it. Yeah, totally. Although page... Uh, the first page of issue 7 is kind of a great... That's a cool shot, like, of... Oh, the, the his arm stretched and his, with the cloak hanging out, but the cloak is showing everybody. Yeah, the cloak is kind of showing everybody, and we're, we're getting the... We're getting dance beheading from the point of view of the beheader. Yeah. It's kind of... That's kind of cool. It's a neat, neat perspective. And, and I actually didn't even pay attention to it until now, because you had brought it up. You can see Colleen grabbing the sword. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. If I had just been paying attention, there we are. Yeah, well, I didn't even notice it before until <laughs> you mentioned it, maybe pay attention, think about it. There you go. But, yeah, well, I mean, this, no wonder, you know, this is like Claremont and Byrne practicing for X-Men, basically. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really making use of, yeah, words and pictures. Like, both things are working together to tell the story. And, I mean, this stuff is amazing. I mean, the burn work in here is amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is not even his big known, you know, this is No, like this is Yeah, this isn't even his heyday, like, which would be, I guess, what, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Superman? That's kind of... Yeah, the 80s. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, when, that was definitely when he was at his peak, I think, or at least, well, at least that is uh, most well, you know, most popular. Yeah, what do you do after Superman? I guess She-Hulk, Namor. Oh, She-Hulk. That was. You're right. She-Hulk was like late '80s. Okay. Because he came back to She-Hulk a couple years later after that in the mid early '90s. Oh right. It was She-Hulk and also Next Men. Yes. Yeah, Next Men was his work in the '90s, I think. Yeah, because I was reading that. I, I was getting that when it came out. Yeah, me too. The original run. I still have to get the like read like the redo he did a couple years ago. Or Ooh. not redo, but kind of uh, coming back to it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was only like I think it was only like six issues, so why not? Maybe it just felt like it went on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> it might be longer than you think. It's Well well I'll see. But I do remember getting but, that originally, the original run plus the uh Yeah. The 2112 graphic novel? Yes, yeah, that was all great stuff. Great stuff. And you know what, I'd have to reread the when he comes back to it, because I think I think it's okay, but it, maybe a reread would do, would put it all kind of in perspective. Yeah. I don't know. I do not know. But suffice it to say, it's, yeah, Bird, I mean, for all any other faults Bird might have with some of the stuff he's done recently... <laughs> He's a really good artist. He, he was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even back then, I mean, this is still, like we said, five, six years before he was everything he's known for. And usually when you see artists like that, and then you look at that earlier stuff, you're like, ah, yeah, I can see him becoming the person we know. Yeah, for sure. Like, he, this definitely looks like Burn stuff. It doesn't look house style. Like, it, it doesn't look like his, it's approaching what Burn would be, but it doesn't look like he's trying to, you know, ape the Marvel house style or anything. He's He's got his own style. It's just, it's growing and it's developing, but it's it's definitely him. Although, I'm having trouble figuring out why Iron Fist got cancelled after 15 issues, if this, if this is what the, all the issues were like. I know, I know. Because clearly it had to have been doing alright if they moved it from like a bi-monthly schedule to monthly. Like, you would only do that if the book were doing well. Yeah. But then, like... Or if you were trying to keep Joe Maduera as your regular artist. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no, wait, then you go quarterly. Sorry. Then you go quarterly. You go the other direction. <laughs> but, yeah, generally, that's... Yeah, that's... When they books start doing well, they're like, okay, now we go monthly. Yeah, and then uh, seven months later, whoops, sorry, boom. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like it's almost like there was a you know somebody said yes let's do it and then they quit and the other guy was like what yeah Iron yeah Fist? hell no <laughs> I wonder was there like a Marvel implosion the way there was a DC implosion Possibly. I wonder 
Yeah, I mean... Because it would be hmm. kind of around that time, right? When Yeah. When things got tight for a little while. Well, I mean, but, they did have a lot of books coming out. I mean, in the issue, going back to issue five, that one I we had, if you know, remember, has actually the uh, letter page. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the checklist for that week, and I mean, that week was what? Tomb of Dracula, Marvel Premiere, Supergirl yeah. Team Up, Kazar, Two and One, Son of Satan, Doc Savage, Daredevil, and Planet of the Apes. Yes. Yes. And none of those are like. I mean, Daredevil, yeah, that's kind of a big. A big deal. Two in one, Marvel two in one's a big deal. But the rest are all kind of like B or C string characters. Not that the books weren't good, like Tomb of Dracula was very good. Tomb of Dracula's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's some good stuff there, but there's not, I mean. Well, yeah, most of these books beyond Daredevil and Tomb of Dracula weren't going to last, be gone in a year. Yeah, totally. Like, Iron Fist is gone, Kazar didn't last long. Oh, Marvel Doc 2. Savage. And, and Marvel 2 and 1. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was, Marvel 2 and 1. That lasted 100 Yeah, Super Villain team up. That didn't go very long. That's out by 15, issue 15. Yes, and a Satan. That clearly didn't go very long. <laughs> I didn't realize he had his own series. I thought he just was like in one of those t- tryout books. Well, apparently he made it to at least issue 4. Oh, and I mean, we'll go back to the issue in a minute, but since we're right here... Did you see the underneath the uh, checklist about the MarvelCon 76? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's cool. Spider-Man's going to be there in person. And other heroes. And other heroes. That's right. Art lessons by John Buscema. Nice. Writing, Writing. lessons by Free yeah, Kung Thomas. Fu Exhibitions. <laughs> yes. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, to go back and this in was, time. Oh, I know. It would have been cool to see some of these. A three-day con in New York. Very cool. In the 70s. And 10 bucks for a three-day pass. Ooh. Wow. Nowadays, that would get you a slice of pizza. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, it depends. Are you buying food in the con or outside? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've done both at New York Comic Con the last few years. Ten bucks is barely getting you food inside. Go out, oh. but as long as you don't mind going outside, you go to a hot dog stand. Ten, you know, five, five well, ten bucks will get you like a dog and a knish and a drink. <laughs> there you go. As long as you can get back in, it's all perfect. So back to the main point for us for this issue now, since that's where we are. Back to that issue. Right. We're up to the Colleen fight against Angar and the goons. Yes. Because she's like, Iron, Danny, you, Iron Fist, you deal with the one guy because that's more your yeah. speed. I'm going to deal with the ten guys. Exactly. <laughs> you go after the talker and I'll just, I'll do the fighting here. And she takes him out. Boom, 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 boom. I know. It's like, damn, she's awesome. Like, I really yeah, hope yeah, yeah. that they make her like this in the in the show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see her kick some ass. Yeah, and she's doing it all with, like, her sword sheath. She's just kind of bonking them, and she saves the killing blow till later. Yeah. Um, it's, I've got the impression, so, because he's trying to tell her, like, yeah, give up, because I'm just going to turn you to a vegetable, like I apparently did your father. So, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that came up in earlier issues, or if this is... Yeah, I mean, it must have, it must have. We didn't see how... Yeah. How Colleen got taken, but clearly there's a story there. But yeah, and did she just slice his throat? I I don't know if she sliced his throat or his chest or something, but I mean they kept it all very uh It's all shadowed. It's all very PG thirteen. <laughs> there's a slice and he keeps talking for a little while. I don't think it's his throat. I think she must like just Slice him in the gut, maybe. See, I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be that, or if it was like one of those things where, like, they, you know, the the sword so and the sword and the samurai so perfect, they cut the head off, hawk for a minute before you realize your head, and then the head falls <laughs> before off before you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what's supposed to be happening here. Yeah. Either way, it's not good for poor Angar. No. No. But thankfully, this is comics, which means he does get better. Yeah, he comes back. <laughs> Yeah, the killing be... blow is not so much of a killing blow. 
he will be back to see Sp- Bug Spider Woman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there you go. They have an ad for Spider Woman too in one of these issues, I think. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of Dazzler. I'm, I've been rereading some old rereading. I've been reading some Dazzler oh. comics from around this time, I think. Anyway, and they're just advertising Spider Woman's first couple of issues. So, so there we go. Yeah, these. I have to check when the Dazzler issues came out because these, those books totally do not hold a candle to these ones. Like, there's. They're so, so different. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There are things that are, you know, of the time that are cool and fun because they're kitschy of the time. And then there are things of the time that were just done by people who, even if they're working in that time frame, knew what the hell they were doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Dazzler, I think the issues I read were by Tom DeFalco and... Uh, who was on the art? Frank Springer, maybe? The art is fine. The writing is... is uh, yeah. It's not this. <laughs> it's it's not this. Let's just say that. It's it's pretty purple. <laughs> yeah. Well, like we said, this is Claremont and Byrne in the 70s. I mean... Yeah, working there. They're their, like, uh, we know what we're doing now. Totally they do. And this is where they were working it out, and it totally worked. Totally, and this is a great scene actually, where you see, where you see Colleen facing off against against Angar there. Like it's, it's laid out well, and 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 they kind of, uh, they keep you guessing through the through the layout of the panels. Like you're not sure what's going on. Well, you know that they're battling, but you're not sure if if the killing blow until like three quarters of the way down the page, and then you realize, oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, Claremont even keeps some dialogue out of a couple of those panels, just to... Yeah. You just see the empty scabbard and then the sword of blood. And then down Angar goes, boom. Aw. Yeah. But as you say, he'll be back. He gets better. Thankfully, yes. He got (laughs) better. He gets much, much better. I got better. Totally. (laughs) Absolutely. But yeah... He lives to scream another day. But yeah, he was actually a big part here. I mean, he wasn't just fight one guy randomly or rob a bank. He was actually part of the plan. Oh yeah. He was definitely Yeah, he was totally integral. Like he they wouldn't have they would have had to do something different. Like they they kidnapped Colleen knowing that Angar was gonna work his whammy jammy on her and And it should have worked. It would have worked if not for the old Meddling, that meddling, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that meddling iron fist. Yeah, totally. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, a good series of issues for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it ends with Iron Fist defeating Monster Khan, but who cares? Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's a billionaire. He He's He'll be fine. He doesn't beat him. He just breaks his stuff. I know. <laughs> breaks his stuff, and then Monster Khan gets sucked into something. Yeah, and I'm not even sure. Is this? I wonder if this is Master Khan's last appearance until John Byrne brought him. John Byrne brought him back in uh, Namor. Oh, I wonder, huh? Because when he brought because he brought back Iron Fist in the uh, when he was doing the Namor series. Oh, cool, cool. And Master Khan was in those issues too. I remember. Very very cool. Master Khan was very. Uh... He was giving off a real big Doctor Strange. I think it was him that was giving off like the Doctor Strange vibes. Like he was naming spells and offering. Was it this issue or was it the issue before? I feel like this he issue. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's. Well, that's how he tied up the uh, tied him up with the uh, Crimson Bands of Sidorak. Yeah, and he's mentioning the bolts of Bishru and the flames of Faltine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's. Well, oh, this is very Doctor Strangey. <laughs> No, I, I mean, they're kind of, again, it's a continuity. This is things that are magical. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, we're going to call it the cool, same right? thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I checked, I was actually wrong. Master Khan comes back a bunch of times in the Power Man and Iron Fist series. Oh, oh, and maybe that, is that what this series morphs into, maybe? Well, actually, from what I know is, actually, this one gets canceled. Yeah. Power Man 
is the one that becomes Power Man and Iron Fist because that was like okay with issue fifty. He's uh, Iron Fist starts showing up in with issue forty eight. Right, right, right. Okay, as well as Colleen and Misty, and then right. with like fifty or fifty one, it becomes Power Man and Iron Fist. So Power Man lasted quite a while. Yeah, he lasted at least forty eight issues before they felt they had a Merseys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how soon they cancel? How soon after this got canceled? I am not sure. Let's see. Power Great. Man. Cool. 66 was 80. So actually, it probably would have been that much earlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this probably was only like a couple, like maybe six months or so at the most before between Iron Fist ending and him showing up in the other series. Right, right, right. Very cool. So that's it. So at least we got to the end of Angar for now. For now. He takes a break. (laughs) Like all good characters, he just needed a break. He needed to rest for a little while, and then they'll pull him back stronger than ever. Because you know they had to, you know, they had to give him a break a bit. You know, they can't show him too much, otherwise he ends up like Wolverine or something. You know, <laughs> that's right. Everyone's fighting Angar. <laughs> that would be such a great book. Everyone's fighting Angar. That would have been a better name for a podcast. <laughs> awesome! 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 Alrighty. Well, that was fun. Good. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for thank you for being here. I'm glad you. I feared you would appreciate Angar. Oh, totally. He's amazing. All right, so we're here with Victims of Angar, where we talk about the previous issues he'd been in before. Or I should say the previous series he's been in before and what they're up to right now. So when Iron Fist Five came out, he had already been in Daredevil and Marvel Premiere, and what Daredevil is up to here is issue 134. There's trouble in New York City as Matt Murdock stands helplessly by while our Scarlet Swashbuckler senselessly murders three policemen. Ooh. Ooh. Plus double danger for DD from the Chameleon and the Torpedo. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> the Torpedo... I didn't know the Torpedo was a villain. I thought it was a really bad good guy who became a... Uh, New Warrior. Mm, well, uh, I don't know. It's Marvel, so maybe classic. Both. Yeah, both. <laughs> both are, you know, classic misunderstanding, fight, fight, fight. Yeah, I mean, and Chameleon, then, we know. Yeah, he's definitely a bad guy. Chameleon, bad. And who did this one? Oh, oh wow. Oh, Marv Wolfman, Jim, uh, Bob Brown, and Jim Mooney. Mm, that would be an interesting combo. Bob Brown and Jim Mooney. Yeah. I have a feeling Jim Mooney on inks would be... Huh. Heavy, I want to say. Like, I think... I wonder if... it Like, because I, I only know him as a penciler, so I wonder if his inks reflect, like, his penciling. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, Jim, Mo- Jim Mooney, didn't he do Supergirl? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he did lots of the Supergirl stories. And I can't imagine... It'd be interesting to see what that looks like mixed with Bob Brown, because he's... Well, I guess they're sort of similar, sort of. Hmm, I'll have to look at that now. And actually, I'm looking at it. The colorist is Michelle Wolfman. Oh, yes. (laughs) And the editor was Marv Wolfman. There you go. Marv had his hands all over that book. I'm sure if he could have had a son or a cousin or a brother who drew, he would have had that on too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What was going on in Marvel Premiere this month? Let me check. Hang on, sorry. So that is Marvel Premiere. What number are we looking at? 30. Is featuring the Liberty Legion. Yep. We've got cover artist Jack Kirby. Whoosh. And inside it looks like we've got Roy Thomas writing and Don Heck penciling. Love it. Yeah, I'm looking at the title of the, se- of the issue, the story, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Ma, they're blitzing the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds so Kirby. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's the Red Skull uh, and the just, Liberty Legion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're duking it 
without and we've got yeah I can't I haven't got a I haven't got like a little summary there the main thing is America's got two superhero groups to fight for her now but yes, that's uh, back in the World War Two in World War Two that's right yeah and I just realized there's actually uh, one of the Liberty Legion is actually on TV right now Ooh, really the Patriot Oh, is he showing up where? On, he's on S.H.I.E.L.D.? He's on S.H.I.E.L.D. He's the, well, I'm several episodes behind, but he's Jeff Mace. He's the current director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, that's kind of cool. Very cool. Yeah, obviously Very Cap, cool. Captain America and Red Skull have also been on movies and stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't think totally. else here has been mentioned even. Um, no, probably not. I mean, unless Bucky. Bucky's somewhere in here, I think. Yeah, well, he's not on the cover, I'm saying. I mean, I'm just not sure if they maybe mentioned them, because, like, even, like, uh, one of the guys from uh, the first Cap movie, one of the Howling Commandos, is the real name of uh, the original Union Jack. Oh, that's cool. So, like, he's there, he's just not in the costume. Right, 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 right. Excellent. That's kind of a cool cover. Well, thank you. So that's all for this time. Join us next time for more Angar goodness. <laughs> and keep sending in those pictures of your Angar cosplay. Oh, totally. <laughs> those I want to see. I have to put them up on the website. <laughs> well, what, what, you know, we have to keep sending them in so you can win the contest. Absolutely. The original, the original Bowen designed uh, nineteen uh, what was it nineteen ninety nine Angar statue, the twelve uh, inch statue <laughs> that he did. Amazing. With real, like, leather. Yes. Real leather. <laughs> With real, real leather vest. And... <laughs> yeah. And he actually shaves of his own hair to make the mustache. Wow. I believe it's bigger than the Galactus statue he did. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Beauty. Who wouldn't want to win that? Who wouldn't? Exactly. But before you go, Murray, tell everyone where to find you. Where to look Alrighty. for you. Uh, you can find me on Tales of... No. Shoot. What am I on? <laughs> the... <laughs> I should know this. Longbox? Tales from the Longbox? What do we call that? Huh. Can you tell I don't do the intros or the outros? Huh. <laughs> Tales from the Longbox. Let's go with that. With Chris Mosby and... Uh, Caleb, Gerard, and I, we get together. We should know their names. And uh, those, yeah, those names I know. <laughs> those names I know. Uh, we get together once a week and we chat comics and it's, it's always fun. Yes, it is. Tales from the Long Box. Let's go with that. Let's call it that. And if it's not called that, I'll uh, it is called initiate. That. There we go. Perfect. I, I checked. Don't like, I don't have to do any, like, uh, back arm wrangling of renaming and... <laughs> Perfect. So just look up Perfect. Tales, Tales from the Long Box on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or whatever else you use. I think you guys are Wherever, on Stitcher. I think so. We're definitely on iTunes. Yeah. Definitely. Or even just type that into Facebook or whatever. They have a Facebook group and you can find uh, yeah, we links have a little from there. Page. Absolutely. Absolutely you can. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again, Murray, for joining us. No Do problem. appreciate it. Anytime for Angar. Exactly. Ooh, that could be another series. Anytime I'm... for Angar. Well, we could use that for covering all the Angar spin-off books. <laughs> Absolutely. The minis, the graphic novels. You know, and all the times you know, he's fighting, like, you know, back in the 90s when he was fighting, like, you know, five characters at once, we can all cover, <laughs> you know, just do each of them, one, you know, each month. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's always time for Angar. Exactly. There's always room for Angar. Absolutely there is. He's like Jello. Totally. <laughs> Excellent. Alright, take care, Murray. Bye bye.
Everybody Loves Angar is a fan-made production, and all comics discussed and music or sound clips used are copyright their owners. No money is made from this production, and no trademark or copyright infringement is meant, intended, planned, or even understood. Please don't sue me. It's not my fault. Contest winners, please be advised. There is no 12-inch bone design Angar statue. Nor is there any contest. It's a joke. It's all a joke. See the date? It's April 1st. April Fool's Day. Get it? <sighs> Fine. If you have a problem, if you're upset, blame Murray. He's in Canada. Or Australia. Somewhere besides America. Have fun looking.